Pro Extra is the Home Depot's free loyalty program built for pros. Members earn perks just for shopping, like new Pro Extra dollars or tool rental perks. Get exclusive benefits every day that save time and money. And here's an extra extra, $20 off your next in-store purchase of $200 or more, just for signing up. Want to save? Join Pro Extra only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Visit the Pro Desk in-store at homedepot.com slash proextra for details. The Leslie Marshall Show, a true democracy in talk radio. Of, for, and by you, the people. afternoon and welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. My name is Mark Grimaldi, or as Leslie usually calls me, you hear Marky Mark, uh, Leslie's executive producer. And I know you're familiar with the other man on our screen, Mr. Brad Bannon, the host of Deadline DC every Monday right here uh, from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can also check out Brad's broadcast if you'd like to, including this uh, past a Monday when he had Sean Zeller on from uh, a CQ uh, Roll Call, who is the editor now of that publication, um, as well as Nick Guthman of Our Blue Future talking about uh, Georgia, which we're going to also talk about today. Anyway, you could check that out at periscope.tv forward slash Brad Bannon, and uh, you can watch us today. We're going to be talking about a number of different topics. Uh, for those of you who have been following the news at all today uh, and last night, it seemed like the big story, which which it still is a very big story, obviously, were the two Georgia runoff Senate races that happened last night. And uh, I would say the word surprising how successful uh, the Democrats uh, have been. It's not officially called yet in the Ossoff-Purdue race, but uh, Pastor Raphael Warnock has been called, uh, the race has been called defeating uh, incumbent Kelly uh, Leffler and now uh, it does look like John Ossoff is going to defeat incumbent uh, David Perdue once they finished receiving the early vote and mail-in vote tallies, according to Georgia election officials. We are waiting for that to be final. Um, also, which is not something insignificant, uh, if the election is won by 0.5% uh, or more, it will not trigger an automatic recount. Um, or I believe it's actually they could request a recount under that, which they most likely would. Um, but that's not the case if the victory is 0.5 or over. Uh, Senator-elect Warnock definitely beat that margin. by uh, He's at uh, roughly 1.4% over uh, Senator Loeffler. And then um, uh, John Ossoff is right at 0.4, and as the votes come in, he's getting closer and closer to 0.5. So it's something that we'll watch. Obviously, the reason it's significant um, is because if you add two Democratic seats to the number 48, you get a 50-50 tie with Republicans. And as we know, uh, President-elect Biden and Madam Vice President-elect Kamala Harris will be uh, taking uh, power being uh, sworn in on January 20th. And once they have the White House, the tie-breaking vote when it's 50-50 goes to the vice president. So that would mean Kamala Harris would uh, cast the tie-breaking vote, and that makes... 
uh, where it would make uh, Senator Chuck Schumer go from minority leader to majority leader and vice versa for Mitch McConnell uh, going from majority leader to minority leader. And it has a myriad of other uh, um, ramifications. You know, one thing I know, Brad, uh, I, I want to pick your brain. What was kind of running through your head as as you saw the results last night and this morning before I kind of launched further into some of my thoughts? Okay. Well, it's a big deal. Uh, it, uh, for one thing, it uh, makes Joe Biden's life as president, uh, significantly easier. Uh, if the, uh, Osnoff uh, victory holds up, uh, he will, Chuck Schumer will be majority leader with the help of the vice president. Uh, and he will organize the Senate. I mean, just a classic example of the impact uh, was the uh, new chairman, the current chairman of the Senate Budget Committee is uh, Lindsey uh, Graham, uh, a staunch Trump advocate, uh, and he'll be replaced as chairman of the Budget Committee by none other than Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont. Uh, and so the, what a change. Uh, you know, I think the other thing it will accomplish, uh, and again, this is in the line of, uh, you know, Joe Biden's presidency, uh, is it will make his, uh, confirmation battles for his, uh, Senate seat, uh, for the, uh, for his cabinet picks a lot easier. Uh, you know, even, uh, one of the, probably the most problematic democratic Senator from, uh, Joe Biden's point of view is a very, you know, Joe Manchin from, uh, West Virginia, who's very conservative. Uh, but even Manchin is likely to stick with Biden on his cabinet picks. Uh, so that dramatically, uh, changes the prospects for some, some of, uh, uh, Biden's cabinet picks. And the other, we should mention the other big news today is, that Joe Biden has announced that he's going to choose uh, federal judge Merrill Garland uh, as his uh, new attorney general. Uh, Garland, of course, is a uh, probably a federal judge on the second most important federal court, uh, the D the District of Columbia Circuit Court of Appeals, which hears major cases involving the United States government. And Garland, of course, was Barack Obama's uh, pick to be uh, Supreme Court justice, which uh, uh, which uh, Mitch McConnell was able to stonewall. Uh, but I thought it was interesting, uh, Lindsey Graham who is currently the chair of the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, at least for the next couple of days, he'll be replaced probably by Democratic uh, Illinois Senator Dick Durbin. Uh, Graham announced today that he supported Garland's nomination uh, as attorney general, which means uh, that should go down pretty easily. Uh, but the Democratic, the you know, the Democratic doubleheader victories in Georgia last night have far ranging implications. It's not going to make uh, Joe Biden's presidency a bed of roses, uh, but it will make it significantly easier, um, uh, especially when it comes to uh, getting his cabinet ratified. I think uh, the other thing today that, you know, it, it's a bittersweet time. Uh, last night we had this great Democratic victory in Georgia uh, and the this morning, uh, uh, this afternoon, uh, Mark and I uh, probably are going to do something which we never thought we'd have the opportunity to do is to broadcast a live coup attempt. 
Proud Boy demonstrators egged on by the president, no left, has invaded Capitol Hill. Uh, they breached the police lines on the perimeter. And now apparently some of them are actually in the Capitol building and have disrupted the counting of the electoral votes, which is probably what Trump wanted them to do. So there's a lot going on today that we can talk about. Yeah, it's really scary. You know, I I never thought I would see something like this. And, and I know people, it's, it's hard because you say that during the Trump administration with a lot of norms being broken and things happening that you just never thought you'd see or hear. And, you know, what one thing that comes to mind are the children who were ripped away from their parents at the border. You know, that was just one of those moments I'll never forget. Um it really stuck with me, especially as the father of three and six-year-old girls. I just, it's the cruelest, you know, you're a parent, Brad, the cruelest, most awful thing I could think of doing, you know, to, or having done to me. And that was something that they did on purpose, you know, we find out later. And, you know, it, that, that stuck with me. And now um, the latest, and this is from uh, Axios, um, which I'll just read from protesters breached the Senate chambers following a quote, March for Trump demonstration in response to Congress certifying electoral college votes for Joe Biden. Capitol police are leading evacuation efforts following a shelter in place order for lawmakers and reporters. Uh, the house and Senate had to go into recess and all the doors are now closed on the house chambers. Um, vice president Pence was evacuated from the Senate chamber around two o'clock. Um, protesters are, as you said, they breached the outside perimeter. They made it through without having to go through metal detectors. And now, unfortunately, they're actually in the Senate chamber walking around uh, in the House chamber as well. Uh, we have Manu Raju of CNN reporting that Capitol Police uh, have guns drawn um, on what believed to be an armed protester trying to breach the door uh, in the Capitol building. We also have... Uh, an area that they used tear gas in the rotunda uh, and actually had to tell lawmakers to wear their gas masks and shelter in place. And this is all, as you said, being egged on by President Trump at that rally. He encouraged people to march to the Capitol. He knew everyone, you know, a lot of these folks are armed and, and you gin up their anger. And while that's all happening, instead of telling people to calm down, Trump tweets out an attack on Mike Pence, Vice President Pence for not overturning the Electoral College certification. You know, that's what the man is doing. Um, yeah, it's you know. amazing. You know, after four years of uh, Pence dutifully following Trump's lead on just about everything, uh, Trump threw him under the bus today uh, by, you know, basically accusing him of being a coward. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up that the uh, issue of the uh, children, uh, Mexican and Central American children that the Trump administration imprisoned uh, in uh, border camps. Uh, you know, one of the things that always struck me about this and, and the coup attempt at the Capitol today says the same thing. What kind of picture are we presenting to the rest of the world? Uh, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we're imprisoning small children, separating from their parents. And today you have armed band of proud boys, uh, shamefully, 
trying to overturn the Democratic, uh, small d, electronic, Democratic electoral process. You know, yesterday, the results in Georgia uh, were as sweet as a Georgia peach. And today we have this very sour spectacle uh, of armed Trump supporters trying to overturn the democratic will of the uh, American people. It, it's yesterday, last night was a great triumph of democracy. Uh, today in Washington is an abom- abomination. Yeah, Brad, I couldn't agree with you more. We're going to go to our first commercial break. Uh, for those of you uh, hanging on, we're going to be back in four minutes and we'll continue the conversation then. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon joining you uh, up until 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we did uh, catch up on some news during the commercial break. Um, there is conflicting reports about uh, whether or not the National Guard will be deployed in D.C. Um, there has been Aaron Davis, who's an investigative reporter for the Washington Post, is tweeting out that a source is telling him that the Defense Department has just denied a request by D.C. officials to deploy the National Guard to the U.S. Capitol, which my jaw drops. I mean, if this is not a situation for the National Guard, then what is? I mean, Brad, you had the the Bible photo op by Donald Trump got the National Guard, you know, and it was uh, journalists and uh, peaceful protesters were attacked. You know, now you yeah, have this, this situation. This is a sad and sorry spectacle that's going on in D.C. <sighs> today. Uh, you know, if you uh, were able to watch or listen to the president's speech to the Proud Boys, so-called Proud Boys, uh, earlier, he was egging them on to go to the Capitol. And now he's uh, issued a half-hearted uh tweet uh, asking them to restrain themselves after he's the one who got started, you know, got started on them. And, you know, in his tweet, the president says the Republicans are the party of law and order. Well, it's damn hard for me to see that. I mean, ever, you know, for months now, I mean, you mentioned this when we were talking off the air, Mark, you know, several months ago, uh, a group of pro-Trump demonstrators invaded the uh, Capitol building in Michigan. Uh, and, you know, that was just a prelude to what's happening today at the Capitol. Uh, I think this is, you know, sweet as Georgia was last night. This is sad and disgraceful. And, you know, it, it the picture it shows the world of the United States is, you know, just bothers me a lot. Yeah, you know, and... We talked about also, Brad, and I think a lot of people who are watching and listening are probably experiencing similar feelings who were concerned about Trump's dictatorial tendencies and his praise for these strong men in third world countries and, you know, him talking about how he wishes that he could um, rule like that. And now you have, you know, a situation where he's egging people on or egged people on uh, to, to act like this. And, you know, you have guns drawn and tear gas in the United States Capitol. I never thought I'd see anything like this. 
I mean, there's yeah, it's, it's so sad. It's it you know, it's a sad commentary on the sad state of American uh, democracy. Uh, you know, you know, and it just shows that you know Trump just doesn't care. He's concerned about you know number one, and he has no respect at all for democratic norms. He's incre- incredibly desperate. He's trying to pull out every stop. Uh, however blatantly it ignores democratic norms. And, you know, I think a large part of it is he's afraid that once he's going to be, you know, once he's out of the White House on January 20th, uh, he's going to, you know, face prosecution uh, from the state of uh, New York and also the uh, Manhattan DA on, you know, financial uh, irregularities in Trump company. Uh, my guess is, you know, he's going to be cut off from a lot of the uh, loans that are, you know, allowing him uh, to keep his company floating. Uh, and he'll do, you know, he doesn't care what happens to the nation. He only cares about what happens to Donald Trump. And I think that's the saddest part of this. Yeah. And you have, you know, you have people who are clashing with and attacking police I mean, the irony of, of us being told for years that, oh, they, they, they always say blue lives matter and they care about the police and they support the police when, you know, in the background you saw, you know, the Democrats trying to help with better pay and, you know, fair civil rights reforms that were happening under President Obama, um, you know, where they had incentives to improve police departments um, and you know, then you switch onto this and it's all rhetoric, um, about how we support the police. We carry about the police and, you know, the minute that they have a situation that they're displeased with and they have the opportunity, they storm the Capitol and, and have, you know, violent re- responses. We also, you know, I'm trying to be careful about what we report and what the sourcing is, but WTTG in Washington, D.C., is reporting that uh, one person was shot in the chest. Uh, uh, it sounds like a, a protester. Who, uh, you know, there was reports of someone armed. Um, this is this is as dangerous as it gets. Um, you have people who went through without going through metal detectors. Many of them, when you saw them at these protests, were armed. Um, it's a very dangerous situation. And if they don't send in the National Guard. I don't know what a situation you would need to send in the National Guard if this is not it. Um, that That's what I'll say. It's just absolutely terrifying, to be honest with you. If I had any family there, I would be very concerned. Um, it's very scary moment right now that we're living through, Brad. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, it, it's, it's so sad. You know, I have a friend uh, who I've had on my show, Deadline D. She, uh, Kim Scott, who uh, lives a couple of blocks from the Capitol, and she just tweeted me. I mean, she's fine. Uh, the carnage hasn't extended as far as her neighborhood. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's not a good sign when you have to check your friends living near the Capitol to see if they're safe. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and again, the picture we're presenting the rest of the world. Oh, my gosh. I, uh, yeah, I think a big part of Joe Biden's presidency is going to try to repair our ties with our allies across the world. And this does not help. This is just no. a sad spec. You know, people all over the world are watching this on CNN and whatever. And it sure presents a horrible picture of, of life in the United States. 
Exactly. And, you know, we then try to, uh, you know, help other situations around the world and promote democracy generally throughout our history. But now you have this situation, it completely undercuts the credibility of when we try to tell anyone else, you know, how we think they should be acting and treating their citizens. But we'll talk about that more after the break. We're coming up on our commercial break. We'll be back in four minutes. Uh, again, this is Mark Grimaldi, Leslie's executive producer, and I'm joined by the host of Deadline DC, our good friend, Brad Bannon. Uh, we'll be back in about four minutes uh, for the second half hour of the show. And we will talk a little bit about Georgia and what the latest numbers are there and what the implications are of a blue Senate. Uh, we'll be back in four minutes. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi joined by Brad Bannon, uh, host of Deadline DC, which you can listen to every Monday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern right here. And if you want, you can watch Brad. Uh, those of you who are watching now, um, you can watch Brad at periscope.tv forward slash Brad Bannon. You can also check out his Facebook and um, uh, YouTube channels, Facebook is facebook.com forward slash deadline DC with Brad Bannon. I believe we can post that uh, later on on social media. But um, <clears throat> basically, whichever way you want to watch, it's a fun way to kind of add to uh, the conversation. And we encourage you to uh, tweet at us. Um, Brad's handle is at Brad Bannon, and my handle is at Mark J. Grimaldi. That's G R I M A L D I. Uh, getting back to what we were discussing prior to the break, which was this breach at the Capitol. Uh, I do have two pieces of breaking news, uh, which I wanted to share with our audience. Um, first, Jim Shuto of CNN is reporting that a woman is in critical condition after being shot in the chest on Capitol grounds. Um, CNN is reporting. So um, we pray for her uh, recovery. Um, hopefully the, the temperatures can go down in this situation because it could get a lot worse before it gets better. Um, as far as dispersing the protesters, uh, we do have some news now regarding the uh, National Guard. Um, Governor Northam of Virginia is sending in uh, National Guard troops uh, from Virginia, uh, as well as 200 state troopers. Uh, so that should help the situation. Hopefully they can get there quickly. Um, and start to disperse some of this crowd and uh, hopefully do so, you know, without any other incidents. Uh, but in the meantime, it, it is a very delicate situation with a lot of tempers flaring and people who just seem to not care about their fellow uh, citizens um, with the way that they're acting. And, uh, you know, this fantasy that Trump has spun that they can change the outcome of the election. You know, he's talking about... Uh, He's talking about this today saying, you know, those who are tough, you know, you need a tough response. We're going to march to the Capitol and, and change the situation. So, you know, obviously you don't you don't have a, a you don't have a good feeling about what his intent was. And once you see the reaction by his supporters, you're not very much surprised, unfortunately. Um, but we'll keep you abreast of that situation uh, and better news uh, when we do see democracy working the way that we're supposed to be 
participating in democracy is voting. Um, and as promised, we're going to talk about uh, the Senate races in Georgia, the Senate runoff races. Uh, Raphael Warnock was declared the winner last night, Pastor Warnock over incumbent Kelly Loeffler, uh, with 98% reporting. He's at uh, plus 1.3%. So he will uh, make it over that 0.5% or higher number to avoid a recount. And John Ossoff um, is only about, let's see, 3,626 votes below the 0.5 percentage point threshold needed to avoid a recount. And there is still uh, more, vo- more votes to be counted in Democratic-rich areas in, uh, like DeKalb County, uh, and we also have some early votes and mail-in votes in other counties, which skew heavily Democratic. So um, it's looking like he's also going to be able to avoid a recount, which is quite remarkable um, when you look at how close, for instance, uh, the presidential election was in, in Georgia, Brad. They ended up having, I think, three recounts. Um, and each time, you know, yeah. some of them were pushed by President Trump, but each time it just verified the total. Um, and speaking of, I got to give a lot of credit to Secretary Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and uh, election official Gabriel Sterling, who I think have done a fantastic job and show you what it looks like to put country over party. Um, they were saying, you know, we support the, the Republican candidates. We hope you vote for them. But then they, it was almost like they put their other hat on and talked about the election from that position of their job. And that's a complete opposite of what you're seeing uh, from President Trump, um, you know, putting himself above everything else. It was really great to see them continue to act in the best interest of their state in Georgia. And uh, I wanted to applaud the both of them. Uh, we do have some audio uh, that we're going to share with you right now from uh, Senator-elect Warnock and then also from John Ossoff, who looks like he's on his way to becoming Senator-elect but isn't there just quite yet. We still have 2% more of the vote to come in, uh, but we will play some audio by him as well. Uh, here is Senator-elect Raphael Warnock. Uh, this is a portion of his victory speech from uh, yesterday evening. Thank you so very much. I come before you tonight as a proud American and as a son of Georgia. My roots are planted deeply in Georgia soil. A child who grew up in the Caton Homes housing projects of Savannah, Georgia, number 11 out of 12 children. A proud graduate of Morehouse College and the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church, the spiritual home of Martin Luther King Jr and Congressman John Lewis. A son of my late father, who was a pastor, a veteran, and a small businessman. And my mother, who as a teenager growing up in Waycross, Georgia, used to pick somebody else's cotton. But the other day, because this is America, the 82-year-old hands that used to pick somebody else's cotton went to the polls and picked her youngest son to be a United States Senator. Thank you for all of your love and support. In the words of Dr. King, who grew up just a few blocks from where I'm sitting right now, we are tied in a single garment of destiny. We are caught up in an inescapable network of mutuality. Whatever affects one directly affects all 
indirectly. I remember my dad in this moment. He used to wake me up every morning at dawn. It was morning, but it was still dark. It's dark right now, but morning comes. And scripture tells us that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Let us rise up, greet the morning, and meet the challenges of this moment. Together we can do the necessary work and win the future for all of our children. Thank you. God bless you, Georgia. And God bless these United States of America. Uh, Brad, a really powerful speech last night um, talking about his Georgia roots um, as well as his parents um, and their background, you know, where he came from. Pretty extraordinary story, um, but that's the kind of, um, you know, attraction that voters felt um, for many reasons for Senator-elect Warnock. But, uh, you know, you could hear it listening to him last night. You could you could just tell from listening to other political figures um, why he attracts voters um, and really connects with them. I think it was obvious to me um, listening to him speak and watching him speak last night. I wonder what your take is. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's really amazing. You know, first of all, you know, I think it shows how much Georgia has changed. Uh, for the first time, you have an African-American U.S. senator from Georgia, uh, a pastor. And it's also uh, important to note, he was on the receiving end of unrelenting attacks uh, from the Lawful campaign. Uh, she spent millions of dollars of her own money. Uh, outside groups uh, spent uh, uh, millions of dollars. He was under unrelenting assault, but managed to win. And, you know, I think there's something that connects all these events together. One of the reasons why we won both Senate races in Georgia last night was because of Donald Trump. Uh he was, for instance, he campaigned in, in Georgia uh, Monday night, and he hardly said anything about Loeffler or Purdue or Osnoff or Warnock. He spent most of his speech, uh, you know, talking about voting irregularities. Uh, and, you know, if Trump had done what any other Republican president would have done and focused his attention on the actual Senate races in Georgia, uh, in a close race, he might have turned the tide. But the reality is he doesn't care about his own party uh, any more than he does the Democratic Party. He's just out for number one. And I think you mentioned the secretary of state uh, and the governor, uh, the Republican Party, you, you know, Trump spent again Monday night in Decatur, Georgia. He spent as much time uh, attacking uh, Governor Kemp and the secretary of state Raffenberger um, as he did the Democratic candidates. And it just shows he only, you know, cares about himself. He doesn't care. Obviously, he hates Democrats, but he doesn't care about Republicans. He doesn't care about Democratic norms. All he cares about is the, his own survival, uh, whether it's political, uh, financial or legal. Uh, and I think that, 
you know, I you know the other thing I wonder about is the two Senate Republican Senate leaders who've led the fight against the certification uh, were Ted Cruz of Texas and Josh Hawley of uh, of Missouri, who actually started this uh, process against certification. And I wonder how they feel today, uh, you know, watching armed protests and storm the Capitol building. I hope they're ashamed of themselves for you know, starting all this. And of course, the president egged them on, too. And I just hope, we, you know, what happened, you know, today uh, is what what voters remember about Donald Trump as he's forced to leave Washington in 14 days. Uh, it just is a perfect symbol of the chaos that Trump's caused during the four years of his presidency. Absolutely. We'll be right back after this commercial break. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi in with Brad Bannon, the host of Deadline DC with Brad Bannon, which you can uh, follow along whether you're listening or watching every Monday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Brad also writes uh, weekly for The Hill um, and you can check out his pieces, I believe, is it Monday evening or Tuesday that they come out, Brad? Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday. yeah. So definitely uh, something that I always recommend reading. Brad uh, does a really good job at taking these trends and then kind of blending them a lot of the time with, uh, you know, history, I would say, political history. Um, also, the, the, the situation on the ground and numbers and kind of talks about those trends. And his most recent article was talking about what President-elect Biden uh, could do to have a successful uh, presidency, start off on the right foot. And now I think, you know, that article has a lot of, carries a lot of weight, especially with what we saw last night in Georgia. Uh, the president-elect really um, in a much better position than he was 24 hours ago. I know, Brad, when you and me were kind of doing the autopsy of the presidential election, um, one of the big letdowns was that the Democrats did not appear like they were going to take the Senate. They just plain didn't. Anybody who told you otherwise, I think, <laughs> is just not being honest or is very, very optimistic. Um, because, actually, I was looking at how close it was. Uh, incumbent Senator David Perdue almost, just almost got enough votes to avoid the runoff. So the fact that this you know, much later, he then looks like he's going to lose to John Ossoff is remarkable, absolutely remarkable. And it shows, I think, in a lot of ways, the damage that President Trump has done to the Republican Party with his talks of rigged elections and that your vote doesn't count and the mixed messaging, um, the, 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 and the fact that they were against this $2,000 stimulus, which now Senator Schumer says uh, if everything goes the way it looks now and he's the majority leader, that'll be the top priority is passing the $2,000 uh, stimulus payment bill that was supported uh, by um, actually President Trump as well as Democratic uh, House members and Senate members, but blocked by Mitch McConnell. Um, it looks like that won't be a problem uh, once Democrats take control of the Senate, as it appears they will. Um we do have some other information. Um, we have uh, Vice President uh, Pence has tweeted out that uh, he believes that 
the protesters need to leave and respect the uh, chamber. Um, we also have uh, many other Republicans um, who are uh, speaking up against this. Um, Mitt Romney says that Trump has caused insurrection. Um, he was very spirited in his statement. Um, but we also have those like Ted Cruz who are speaking out against this, which to me is really ironic. Um, you know, the fact that he was one of the people leading the charge of this uh, with um, Josh Hawley is just, I'm sorry, but like you can't go and egg yeah. these people on and then tell them, you know, don't do what I egged you on to do. <laughs> well, you know, Mitch McConnell, I'm sure, is going to hate Donald Trump uh, as long as they both live. I mean, Mitch McConnell is about to move to a much smaller office in the Capitol uh, because of what happened in Georgia last night. And if I was Mitch McConnell, I, in his new cramped office as Senate Minority Leader, I would have a picture of Donald Trump hanging upside down. Uh, because if there's, you know, any single the single biggest reason why Mitch McConnell is going to be minority leader instead of majority leader is Donald Trump's sad performance since uh, Election Day, November 3rd. And by the way, I should mention to the audience, if you can't get enough of Mark, uh, you can see him on Deadline DC on Monday uh, in the second half hour of the show on the provocative progressive political panel. So if you didn't get enough Mark today, uh, you can see him every Monday on Deadline DC. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, it's always fun getting to talk with uh, our panel guest and yourself, um, something that I really enjoy. Um, you know, it's been really tough the last four years watching what's being done to this nation. And now when we're almost at the end of it with just two weeks to go, you see the final throws of a desperate man. But the difference is the final throws of a desperate man who is the most powerful man in the world um, and, and what that carries with it and his sycophantic uh, supporters who just seem like they'll believe anything that comes out of his mouth. Um, we do have uh, now the press secretary for President Trump, Kaylee McNamee, uh, McEnany says that the National Guard uh, is on the way, that they've called for the National Guard. The, the fact that there was a delay from the Defense Department um, is pretty messed up. They were having Virginia having to send their National Guard, so I'm sure we'll find out more about uh, what what was going on with that um, and what why there was a delay. Um, could it have... I have a theory about that. Yeah, I'd love to hear I, I think the Defense Department didn't want to be anywhere near this thing today. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. I think the Defense Department was determined to stay absolutely out of this uh, at any cost. Now, whether they made the right decision or not, I don't know. Uh, but the D.C. National Guard was activated today by Mayor Bowser. I think the Defense Department didn't want to be anything we're close to a partisan dispute. And maybe they were too cautious, but uh, I think they would just wanted to avoid any meddling in political affairs at all. Um, but we'll, we'll find out. I'm sure there'll be a lot more reporting on it in the next couple of days. Yeah, and Brad, we do have some information coming out now from CNN that multiple officers were injured at the Capitol and at least one has been transported to the hospital. Um, it just it doesn't get any more concerning than what's going on there right now. Um, 
you know. Yeah, this is Donald Trump's legacy to America. It is, yes. Uh, we have a woman seriously wounded, shot in the chest. We have D.C. police officers uh, who've been wounded. And, you know, I think we're going to have to get used to this because I think in the last 24 hours, we've seen uh, the sweet and sour sides of current American politics. We found a victory for democracy last night in Georgia, and we had a severe blow uh, to democracy today on Capitol Hill in Washington uh, with an armed coup attempt. And I think, sadly, we're going to have to be used to those ups and downs because I think, you know, that's the political climate that Donald Trump has created. Yeah, it's I agree. It's something that I think we're going to have to prepare ourselves for, just like we saw in Michigan. Um, I did want to play. This was remarkable to me. um, Some audio from Mitch McConnell today, which people did not expect him to really speak out as strongly as he did against this attempt to overthrow the Electoral College certification. Um, And we'll just have a couple seconds after that before we close out. The courts rejected these claims, including all star judges whom the president himself has nominated. Every election, we know, features some illegality and irregularity, and of course, that's unacceptable. I support strong state-led voting reforms, last year's bizarre pandemic procedures must not become the new norm. But my colleagues, nothing before us proves illegality anywhere near the massive scale, the massive scale that would have tipped the entire election. Nor can public doubt alone justify a radical break when the doubt itself was incited without any evidence. The Constitution gives us here in Congress a limited role. We cannot simply declare ourselves a national board of elections on steroids. The voters, the courts, and the states have all spoken. They've all spoken. If we overrule them, it would damage our republic forever. Pretty powerful words from uh, Senate Majority Leader for the time, uh, Mitch McConnell. Um, We are going to have to close there, Brad. Hopefully we hear more of that from other Republicans and um, cooler heads prevail heading into this evening. Uh, But uh, stay tuned tomorrow. Leslie will be back from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. On behalf of uh, my co-host, Brad Bannon, have a safe evening. Uh, You and your family be safe. And uh, you can tune in to Deadline DC with Brad this coming Monday and every Monday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Have a good one. Pro Extra is the Home Depot's free loyalty program built for pros. Members earn perks just for shopping, like new Pro Extra dollars or tool rental perks. Get exclusive benefits every day that save time and money. And here's an extra extra, $20 off your next in-store purchase of $200 or more, just for signing up. Want to save? Join Pro Extra only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. 
visit the ProDesk in-store at homedepot.com slash proextra for details.